Hello, Fred Kuhn interviews our next guest expert. And now, here's Fred. Welcome, everybody. We are talking with Dr. Russell Thackeray today, who lives in Great Britain. And we're going to talk about resilience in the workplace, both personal and corporate. And I wanted to give you a little background on Dr. Thackeray. He's a psychologist. He has 20 years' experience in this area. He consults with corporations in Great Britain and the common market. And he is a really interesting and nice guy. So, Russell, welcome to the show. Hey, Fred. It's lovely to talk to you. And um, thanks. I um, appreciate that nice guy comment. <laughs> we all are over here you know, in the UK. We are quite nice and okay. Yes. Let's get right down to the brass tacks. What is resilience and why is it important in the workplace? So resilience in the engineering sense is the ability for something to bounce back. And as psychologists, we've been fascinated with this idea of resilience because it allows us as human beings to bounce back from adversity, to be able to recover or renew or regenerate. But it's also about our ability to thrive during pressure or when things are difficult or when life is stressful or during periods of great change. Resilience is a a set of competencies and skills that can be taught, it can be learned, it develops through your life. It comes from facing and dealing with adversity and it comes from making mistakes sometimes but learning from them. It comes from having accountability, having high emotional intelligence and it's fundamentally about performance. It's fundamentally about doing your job and then learning from when you do it well. And then if you make mistakes, learning from those mistakes, putting them right and having the accountability to move on. Resilience can be seen as a sort of um, a well or an emotional or a bank account in a sense. So you can invest in it, you can top it up and you can use it up as well. And there are things which use it up more quickly and there are things that build it more quickly. But it's fundamentally about performance. Let me ask you this, Russell. Why do some people have it and some don't? Everybody does have resilience, but some know how to use it more skillfully than others. Some people have learned to manage their minds, their cognitive skills. Some people have managed to learn their emotional processes so they're able to have more resilience. So in other words, the well of their resilience is greater. But all of us as human beings have it. It's part of the human condition to be able to bounce back, especially in the working sense. It's sometimes, it's sometimes, Fred, as well, that skill about having accountability and being able to learn. That's one of the critical parts of resilience. Accountability and ability to learn. Oh, what an interesting combination. So how does this relate to managerial styles in the workplace? I mean, we, we had talked a little about tough love. So how does that integrate into this? Well, leaders create culture. And, you know, by their very actions, by their visions, by their statements, but actually how they live their lives, how they exhibit the way that an organization should work, they, they exhibit that every single day. And um, the key thing for resilience is to build an adult culture. Now, what I mean by that is that many leaders treat their workplaces as if they're dealing with children. They won't talk to their people without worrying that their people's feelings are going to be hurt. And actually, part of building an adult culture is to realize that we should be treating our employees, our staff, our team members, or colleagues as adults you know, stripping out the emotional content of our conversations with each other and talking about the facts in hand. We often confuse the reality of life with the sort of emotional drama that we wrap around it. And therefore, what ends up happening is we have these very confused, clouded conversations. And rather than being able to say, this is a piece of work that performed poorly, what can we learn from that? People get bent out of shape thinking there's implied criticism of everything that's been seen. 
And so treating people like children gets people who are less resilient, more afraid of making mistakes, not as capable of learning from when things go wrong, because there seems to be a more punitive sort of culture. So what we have to do as leaders is to allow people to get things wrong, as long as they have the accountability to admit it and put it right, extract that learning and then get on and take more risks. So we need to encourage people, we need to support them, we need to coach them, rehearse them, give them constructive, useful, balanced feedback, and create a situation where we can have robust, professional, adult conversations, rather than being terrified to say something in case someone has to take the week off sick, recovering because actually someone said something mildly critical to them. You know, business is a place of robustness. Business is a place where we need to have professional, constructive disagreements with each other. That's where innovation comes from. That's where change and growth comes from. So a leader's job is to build a culture where those conversations can take place. I think people need to realize the old expression is true. It it, it ain't personal. It's just business. (laughs) And, and, I think, and I think we've we've lost that, especially with some of the younger generations. I think the way the education systems have changed has created a system perhaps where it's been, we always get a prize for coming last. We don't recognize that in, in business and in life. We have to learn to win, but we also need to learn to not win. To, in other words, to lose. And we need to draw the learning from that. Some of the best businesses have, some of the most inspiring entrepreneurs have had major failures in their lives. They've bounced back. They've had the resilience to come back and learn. Very few people leave school, leave college, go into work, become multimillionaires without ever ever making a mistake. It's part of the human condition to do that. And I think, therefore, you know, as part of one of the things we do as leaders with with sort the younger generation, the the graduate intakes, the apprentices, the you know, the generation XYZ, whatever definition we're using, we need to get put those people into places where they can learn to fail. Because that's where learning comes from. If the corporate culture will allow them to fail. Well, that's down to leadership, of course. There are some places <laughs> that's where that's right. There are some places where failure is not an option, but you have to learn and that, and part of the job of the leader is to learn understand what failure means. Because failure doesn't mean a catastrophic failure in the organization going bankrupt. It just means that actually someone attempts to say something in a meeting or presents an idea, which actually was okay and not the best idea. It's that thing about measured, it's about controllable measured risks. But if you don't have a culture where people can actually take a risk, say something that needs to be said, then organizations don't get better. No, they don't. And it's it's always a struggle, isn't it? I'm glad you mentioned Z, as you call it, Z. We have these layers going on now in management. Not only do you have to be aware of profit and top and bottom line and structured organizations and some sort of hierarchy, But the younger generations seem to be coming in with different expectations for performance about work style, about lifestyle and the balance and all of that. And if corporations are not taking that into account as they manage through this tough love, they're going to be in trouble because uh, there's going to be high turnover and that's an insidious bottom line erosion. And I think the point of tough love is that it's love as well as toughness. And I think people think, oh, no, this accountability stuff is all about being rude and mean and nasty. But it's not, it's about potential. It's about, it's about liberating people to and empowering to do their best work. It's about saying, actually, do you know what? We're going to make the best use of your skills here, but actually allow you to, to, to learn and fail and grow because that's what performance is all about. And, and for me, you're right. People are coming through a different culture 
uh, into the organizational workspace. But in my experience, most people want to come in, do a good job and be the best they can be. And I don't think that's changed. I think the communication process and educational systems have changed and culturally things have changed. But the sort of the big, the big problems, the big issues, the big human dynamics aren't so much different from when I started at my first job. Well, I am interested in this topic and I would like to pursue it further in possibly another podcast. But our time has expired, and I hope you'll join me again as a guest. We've been speaking with Dr. Russell Thackeray about resilience, what it means in the communication of tough love or fair love or communications in general to strengthen the workforce. Russell, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for visiting with us. We welcome your comments and suggestions and look forward to having you join us soon at Workplace Strategies.